This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Very excited today because we are going to be hanging out with a guy named Jim Ayub, and that is spelled I-Y-O-O-B, Ayub. He is the Chief Customer Officer of eTech Global Services, and he's written a couple of books. I have both of them in my hand, but the one that most interests me is this title, Delivering Customer Experience That Matters, subtitled Combining Human Intelligence with Artificial Intelligence to Delight Your Customers and Gain market share. Now, who doesn't want that? So we're going to be talking about that and a number of other things related to the whole customer experience world. This is the real deal. Jim is in the trenches working with companies, working with support centers, working with customer experience people. Jim, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you so much, Chef. Thanks for having me. Did I do justice? Did I give you a good introduction? The one thing I didn't say is how handsome you are, that picture on the back of the book. Okay, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but Jim, you and I have known each other for a long time, uh, known of each other. We had a great experience just a few weeks ago in uh, Customer Center Week, CCW in Las Vegas. We actually get to hang out with each other on the board, uh, which was a lot of fun, wasn't it? It was. I had a great time. It was awesome seeing you as always. <laughs> and, and great to see you. So let's jump right into it. Quick little background. Give us, uh, you know, one or two sentences on what eTech Global Services does. So, yeah, so eTech Services, Global Services, we're a contact center. And our claim to fame is we've actually used human intelligence to help grow our business from 400 employees back in 2000 to over 3,000 today with no mergers, no acquisitions. So we're a traditional contact center, and our biggest play is this eTech Insights which is actionable insights and a total quality management program for our customers. Right. So when you say you're a contact center, you are a contact center for hire by other outside companies who say, you know what, I don't want to do it internally. I'm going to go hire a great company. Let's go to eTech Global Services, and let's talk to Jim Ayub, their chief customer officer, because he's going to make sure we have a great experience. Is that right? Absolutely. How long have you been with eTech? Since 2000. Okay, so that's that's a while here. It's almost eighteen years. Yes, sir. Wow, so that's great. That's great. And you're and, and how did you start? So I used to work for a company called Dun and Bradstreet. Back I remember in the them. 90s. Yep. <laughs> so my boss at the time, Matt Rocco, uh, left. And we used to live in Pennsylvania. He told me he was moving to Nacogdoches, Texas. I, I said, know where, where that is. I know oh, where that is. Amazing. <laughs> Not a lot of people do. You know who's and, uh, you know who's from there. No. One of the most famous motivational speakers in the world. Who is that? I think. Is Zig Ziglar from Nacogdoches? 
I do not know that. I'll have well, to Google it, that it, and I'll know, find out. Zig may not be, but I know he's talked about it, and Zig was one of my favorite uh, motivational speakers. Um, and there's another guy. Oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Very funny, funny man. He passed away. He may have, he may have been from Nacogdoches. But anyway, I digress. So all, you moved <laughs> to Nacogdoches, Texas. That I did. My is boss culture shock. Street. Oh, it was definitely a culture shock. He told me uh, he was going to Nacogdoches. I said, where is it? He says, you'll find out. And 30 days later, they flew me and my wife down. We fell in love with the community. Uh, it was just a great environment. We wanted to raise our children here, and that's why we moved there. Awesome. And you're still there? I live in San Antonio, Texas now. I moved to San Antonio about four years ago. As my kids got older in Nacogdoches, Texas, they wanted, I wanted to get them to a real city. Uh, so that's why we moved to the bigger city for the schools. Awesome. Well, let's jump into our first question, which is a, a great one for you with your experience and your background. What constitutes an excellent customer experience? That's a great question. So when you think about it, you know, the, this evolution of customer experience we talk about. In the old days, it was like spray and pray, right? Companies owned the narrative. And when you welcome social media and all these omni-channels, knowledge is is actually the, is what's in now. And the consumer has this loud voice. So the control transferred to the customer. Like if you look at Apple as an example, you know, their new phone they came out with, it has a lot of Android-like features. I mean, you don't think Apple woke up one day and says, we've got to do that. The reason they did that is because the customers are talking about it. Right. So when you look at this experience, you have to have this harmonious uh, experience. You, you have to take, you have to understand what the customer wants. You know, you have to ensure that the customers are being treated the right way. Because if you think about it, there's no pain associated with walking away anymore. Look at Verizon, Sprint, Dish, Charter, all of them. There's no pain when you leave them. And the problem with that is it's easier to use other companies because it's global. So you have to do something different. Um, and that difference is how you treat me as a customer. All right, so I've got. I'm gonna, I want to take off on two things. I want to talk about the difference, but not until I, I talk to you about something you mentioned. The customer has control, or at least they want control. But I believe they have yes. control. They have control because their voice is bigger than ever before. And when they complain, many of them no longer complain to the company. They complain to the world uh, and yes. hope the company's listening. And by the way, they're not doing it because they're saying, I want to show this company something. I'm going to complain to everybody so that maybe they'll listen to me. No, that's the first place to go because they, that's what they do now is they just they go. And as a result of that, um, you know, it, it's really everybody gets to see what's going on. And, and I think the company, if they've got a good reputation, if somebody makes a comment on – Let's say TripAdvisor or Yelp, and it's a negative comment, and then they see, and another person comes in and looks and sees below. Oh, it looks like the company responded. Wow, they responded pretty quickly, same day. Well, I think it should be the same hour, but we won't need to go there unless you want to. But and look at this, the, the end resolution. They took care of it. I think that's so important. And if the customer is that kind of control, the company has to respond appropriately. Yes. So think about it. Customers were dependent on the company in the old days to resolve issues. You remember the old days when you called for customer service? You're on hold for 20 minutes. It didn't matter. You know, the call could have been an hour. It didn't matter back then because you had no choice. Right. With the Internet of Things, customers are in the driving seat. And customer service is really a tiny fraction of that overall customer experience. 
And what we tell customers is if you really want to lead, to, to really lead in the market, you must focus on the customer experience like what you said. See, consumers will share a good or bad experience, right? And right. there's really not much you can do about it, right? Things took longer in the old days. That was okay. But today's customers, they want effortless. How much effort does it take from me to do business with you? Right. Now, everybody who's been listening to my show knows that my next book is The Convenience Revolution, which is all about being more convenient. Let's make a delineation. Effortless is part of convenience, just as service is part of experience. Effortless is how much effort do I need to go through to get to a support agent that's going to help me or get to my resolution? Do I have to call? Do I have to wait on hold for 20 minutes? That's effort. Uh, But uh, I, I just think it's so important that people recognize today the effortless experience, especially in the customer service side of things, you've got to make it easy. You know, I, I, I'm going to use a cliche company, and I love this company. Uh, you know, I just finished an interview a few minutes ago where somebody interviewed me, and they said, who inspires you? And I could have said Tony Shea, uh, I, but I, I said Jeff Bezos, who basically bought Tony Shea's company. And the reason he inspires me is because he's listened so closely to the customer. He's giving the customer what they want. He's said, I want to make this so easy that it's you know the easiest experience I possibly could give a customer. That is an amazing, uh, and now I'm going off on a tangent, and, and I know we were talking about the effortless experience a moment ago, but I think everything you do for a customer, you should eliminate the effort. Oh, here's where I was going. Tony Shea's website, uh, Zappos.com. On Zappos.com is an online retailer. They sold, and they now sell more than that, but they primarily sold shoes. On every single page of that website is a phone number for the customer who's shopping online to call a human being. Not many retail online retailers think that, hey, let's make it real easy. And by the way, a, a good percentage, do you know what the percentage of customers who call Zappos for questions are? I have no idea. I would met 80%. Darn. I was hoping you... No, I, I, no uh, 80% do not call. But the fact that maybe 15 or 20% might call is a huge, huge number. I don't remember the exact number, uh, but I know I, for whatever reason, like 15 to 18% comes into mind. But think about that. And, and that's because people say, I'm buying shoes. Do these shoes run small or do they run big? And, and, well, let's make it easy for you. Why don't I send you three pairs of shoes? What's your normal size? I'm a size nine and a half. I'm going to send you a nine, a nine and a half, and a ten. You send me the two that don't fit back. Really. And, by the way, we'll pay the shipping. We'll give you a return label. All you got to do is slap it on there, make a phone call. Somebody will pick it up. Wow, that's pretty easy. If I've got a problem, the phone number's right there. Boom, I get right through. GoDaddy, one of my favorite companies. I all my URLs and on you know for my websites are with GoDaddy. I don't think I've ever waited more than three or four minutes. And when I have to wait three or four minutes, that's not normal. It's usually twenty seconds before somebody picks up. That's effortless. That's what you're talking about. Absolutely. And you know, I, I actually um, love Jeff Bezos as well. I mean, one of his quotes I read a while ago was, you know, if you're competitor focused Yep. You have to wait until there's a competitor doing something, right? Right, right, right. But when you're customer-focused, it allows you to be more pioneering, which is what we want to be, pioneers. I just saw that quote as well. Uh, I, where did I see that? Uh, 
maybe I got. Was there an article that anyway doesn't matter. There was an article he wrote. Yeah, and I read it. I, I'm, yeah, I'm a big I just, fan as well. Yeah, I just read that as well. All right, and then uh, before we take our break, in about a little less than a minute, you mentioned the difference. Um, real quick, run through what that difference is. So the difference, um, if for customer service, the customer experience, is that what you're asking? That's a good difference. I think people yeah. don't understand the difference. So if you think about the difference in the old days, right? You know, when you talk about quality, you talk about customer experience, what do we measure? Average handle time, first contact resolution, you know. And then as you turned into a service organization, we talked about what? CSAT, maybe net promoter score. Mm-hmm. How much did it cost me to serve that customer? And then now when you really want to talk about experience, here's what I'm, here's what I'm looking at now. What are my key metrics? Lifetime value of the customer and sentiment. Secondary metrics now are CSAT, NPS, and cost to serve. They're still important, don't get me wrong, but not as important as the lifetime value of that customer because that's what the differentiator is between experience. And you mentioned yourself about convenience. I mean, look at the credit card companies. Have you ever called a credit card company, typed in your 16-digit number, uh, the first thing they ask you, uh, can I get my 16-digit number? Drives me nuts. Drive a rusty nail into my forehead right now. <laughs> Exactly. That's how I feel. And that's what I think the difference is. We already know that 89% of customers will stop doing business if they face poor customer experience. 89%. Everybody needs to hear that. Again, 89%. And we also know 86% of buyers will pay for a better customer experience. And I just spoke about this at Call Center Week, um, and I'll tell you what I said. Shep, have you ever gone to an amusement park a day in your life? Oh, sure. Many times. Okay. So Six Flags, SeaWorld, Disney, all these, you know, they all have the same rides. Have you ever bought a Fast Pass? Yes. One of these amusement parks? Yes. What'd you pay for? Paid a lot. Experience. Exactly. Yeah. And I get to I get to experience. Yeah, you're right. People are willing you to pay for more. the experience? Yeah. Ex- absolutely. I, I mean, and that's, that's the difference. People will pay for that better experience. Yep. They, they will. So we're going to take a break, but I just want to wrap up and tie in a neat bow. Something you just said, the measurement that's above CSAT, which is their customer satisfaction score, or NPS, net promoter score, or any of those types of metrics, above that is uh, lifetime value of the customer and sentiment. So let me put it to you this way. To me, the main number, if not the only number that counts, is does the customer come back? That's simple. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Jim Ayub, the Chief Customer Officer at eTech Global Services. Lots of insights on customer service and customer experience. Don't go away. We'll be right back. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information. All you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening and don't forget to always be amazing. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Jim Ayub, and we're talking about all things customer service and experience. You know, Jim, we talked a little bit about the effortless 
experience. And we delineated that effortless is not about just convenience, but effortless is about reducing friction, which if you look at a company like Amazon, um, I think the, there's a lot of effortless experience that goes into that. I think there's another word, and I used it before the new book, The Convenience Revolution. I think convenience goes into that. Let's talk about, what, do you see a difference between convenience and effortless? I'd love to get your take on that. So I think you're actually right. I think, again, I mean, your convenience is really what we think about in the modern day world, right? How convenient it is for me to do business with you. When you talk about effortless, they're pretty much one and the same. I'm, I'm excited about reading your new book. I can't wait to see it as well. Uh, but when you think about this effortless experience and why people should, should look at it, so first you have to understand what's driving effort, right? So what are companies doing today? How many times do I have to call you to get my, my resolution fixed? You know, if I went to the website and tried to do something online, and then I couldn't. You forced me to call you. And then, of course, now I have to transfer information six, seven, eight times, right? I hate when so that look, happens. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and what customers are saying is it's just hassle. It's a hassle factor. To your point, it's not convenient to do business with you. And I think the reason for this is most companies focus on KPIs they believe will help the business. Rather, just focus it on what your customers want. So if you think about it, you have the largest data set on the planet in these interactions, whether that be a, a social media, email, chat, or phone call. When you take that information and put it into a structured engine and get insights, and I mean real insights out of that, your customers will tell you what they want. And when you do that, that's how you actually develop a world-class convenience for your customers. Well, I think in the old days, our marketing departments think that they know what they want. Really not. That's not always true. It's the customer because that's what's changed. Um, one more thing I'll say is you know, I've been in the contact center business for about 30 years. And, you know, you've, you've met me. You've seen me. You haven't seen me 30 years ago, but I was skinnier. I had more hair. I had a big computer. I, I know that feeling. <laughs> Actually, you and I are, are almost the same. We could be brothers from different mothers. Absolutely. I'm striving to, to look as good as you do when I lose all my hair. <laughs> but, but when you think about it, over the last 30 years, our jobs are the same. We're still taking care of customers. We're treating customers. So what has changed? And people ask me this all the time. Well, the customer's expectations have changed. And that's why we have to deliver that, ex that ex experience that the customers want. So you okay, just no. nailed something that I talk about all the time, and I just want to reiterate this. There is nothing different in customer service from the standpoint of the goal of an experience or service is to be good enough where the customer walks away and says, I really like doing business with them. I'm going to come back. Okay, that has not changed. That has 20 years ago, 40 years ago, it doesn't matter. What has changed is the technology that allows us to perhaps deliver a different level of service, a better service, quicker service, faster service, more convenient effortless, you know, whatever you want to call it. But what, and you also said customers' perceptions have changed. Well, number one, you mentioned customers have no more control. But number two, well, the reason the perceptions uh, and the expectations that a customer has of a company have changed isn't because of technology. It's because other companies have created such great experience that customers now know what a good experience is, and they expect it from everybody. Not just a direct competitor that you work with that provided a better service. If they love doing business with Zappos or Amazon or Nordstrom or L.L. Bean or Ace Hardware or American Express, you know, rock stars that are iconic and known for their customer service, 
they know what that's like. Now they go to the local manufacturer of whatever business they're in, or maybe they go to another retail store, and they expect the same experience. The bar is raised is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. 100% agree. And you're right. That's what's changed. And I think a lot of people that are selling these technology solutions out there, you know, you have to ask them this question. Are, are they, are they going to fix my problems or they just going to tell me what's wrong? Because being in the call center business, and I started my career as an agent, so you know, and I've worked my way up into the chief customer officer. I have 3,000 employees worldwide <laughs> that will tell me what's wrong. Right. You know, the, 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 the dilemma is these technology companies don't understand the customer experience journey. They don't understand the contact center business. So what they're doing is taking all this data and saying, well, here's, here's the problem. You don't, you're, not, um, you're not showing empathy or whatever the case they might tell you. Well, that's great, but I already know that. How do you fix it? And that's where we talk about human intelligence. If you look at Elon Musk as an example, you know, he's recently got blasted all over social media about his cars blowing up. He basically said, to be precise, it was his mistake. Humans are underrated because he relied on the technology. That's a perfect quote. Humans are he's under. Right. Uh, wait, say that again. Humans? Humans are underrated. That's what he said in one of his tweets recently when he had the problems with the car, with those self driving cars that were catching on fire. They relied on the technology. Human, human interaction and human intervention is so important. And if you think about it, I don't know if you know from years ago, Tay, Microsoft's bot. Did you ever hear about that one? No, no. Tell me about so, this. So, or maybe so I have Microsoft, heard about it. Just, so it's, Microsoft, it's called Microsoft Tay? came out Tay, T-A-Y. So mm-hmm. they came out with a bot on Twitter a couple of years ago. Um, and within 24 hours, Tay went from being humans are super cool to full-on Nazi basically in less than 24 hours. And what happened was it's machine learning, and basically it learned what everybody else was doing on Twitter. Well, you've been on Twitter before. You're an influencer. You don't want to read and look at and read and learn what other people are saying all the time, and that's what it did. And that's why I talk about this AI without human intelligence. It could be disastrous. So yeah, it's pretty, it's so, pretty so interesting. This uh, bot, if you will, this computer learned from Twitter and within a short period of time uh, became a Nazi? Yes, Wow. I mean, because it, it, it was basically reading and learning what other people were saying. And assuming so it, it was true. Correct. Right, right. <laughs> so, and that's the, that's the problem with a lot of these companies that are out there um, trying to tell us in the contact center business, we can solve all your problems. That's why when I tell people the same thing, listen, you know, human intelligence has to be part of an inspection. You know, I can tell you a quick story of my own. I went to buy a car recently. Uh, last year, I was out shopping for a new car. I went mm-hmm. to Toyota. And the guy got my business card, right, tried to sell me a car. I wasn't ready to buy at the time. It's a long story short. Here's my name. They put me in an email. So the email says, to, it went to Jim Ayub at etechgs.com, which is my email. And the subject line, Jeff, shop Toyota fan. So what's Jeff. the probability of Jim buying a car when you called me Jeff? Right, right. <laughs> and, and by the way, no way to respond to this because it's an automated email. So what did I ended up doing? I ended up blocking them, right? Delete. So now I'll never yeah. buy from them yep. because they didn't take the time to actually understand their customer. And, you know, if a human being looked at this, they would have said, hey, man, look, this guy's email address is Jim. His last name is Ayub. Why would I call him Jeff? So obviously somebody typed it in wrong into the system. 
And it may have been a human that did that, but you know what? A human can come back and say, hey, I've made a mistake. Just the other day, someone in my office sent a client, uh, and the client's name was Jessica, and she said, hey, Jennifer. And uh, I quickly said, hey, all you need to do is say, oops, exclamation point with a smiley face. I accidentally called you Jennifer instead of Jessica. (laughs) Will never happen again. Another smiley face. And guess what? A little smile will go on the customer's face. They will not hold you, you know, they will not destroy you because of that, uh, no doubt. Um, what well, you said something. I'm going to try to remember what it was. I, I should have written it down. Darn it. Um, it'll come back to me because it was a really, really good point that I think emphasizes something that you had just talked about. Anyway, great story, and people make mistakes all the time. Oh, uh, human versus versus uh, technology and, and AI. People say, you know, when does the digital experience uh, cross over uh, to uh, the personal experience? So after I saw you at CCW, and by the way, you used the the term contact center week. It's now customer center week because, uh, no, or or you call it call center week, excuse me. Call center. Call center week. And and, and now I think it's called customer center week, although they could have just called it contact center week because call centers are so much more than call centers today. Uh, But uh, here I go. So there is a point of friction with the digital experience where it needs to cross over to the human experience. And many companies haven't quite figured out where that point is. And that causes customer frustration. Uh, the second point I want to make is with all these technologies coming out, and, I, and, and you, you got to it, I just want to summarize it, is that many times cust- or customers, companies are buying technology to make things easier for them where it has virtually little or no impact or maybe even negative impact on the customer. Third point I want to make, which you didn't talk about, is when you do buy a technology that's good for the customer, try to find one that's also good for that person who's supporting the customer because we need to make it easy for the people sitting in those chairs handling our customers. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, obviously, Jim, you've got a tremendous amount of knowledge. We may have to do a part two because uh, I, so far you've given me nine questions, and we've hit one and a half of them uh, <laughs> that we're going to cover. All right, everybody, you're listening to Jim Ayub share his expertise on Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Want to amaze your customers, impress the people you work with, and outshine your competition? Going from average to amazing isn't an out-of-reach goal. In fact, amazement is a habit that anyone can master. In my book, Be Amazing or Go Home, I share the secrets behind my mantra, which is to always be amazing. Drawing on the routines of incredible people, I share simple practices that can elevate your game. Once you master those habits, you'll be able to create trust, build stronger relationships, make sales, advance your career, and much more. Be Amazing or Go Home is now available on Amazon.com in ebook and hardcover. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Jim Ayub. Jim, um, we during the break, you briefly mentioned that you're working on a really cool way to train agents where you train them based on uh data to reinforce what the right behaviors are. And I know I'm not doing that that concept justice by what I just explained. So go ahead and share with me because I was fascinated by what you just shared with me. So it's really cool. So what we're doing, we're using machine and human intelligence to revolutionize agent behaviors. 
So we know what's important, you know, branding the call, courtesy, they're feel-good factors, no attributable ROI. And then we look at some training information, and of course the sweet spot is how do you convert, right? So typically when, uh, when you're looking at the agent, they want to know for sure what you're teaching them and training is going to work. So I did a study recently. Every time the customer said, don't need it, not interested, we actually gave them the rebuttals that other top performing agents worked, and we showed an effectiveness rating of 87%. So you're able to go to an agent and say, dude, listen, this is 87% of the time it's effective. doesn't mean it's effective all the time. And then another one is an objection we all hear in the call center. Ah, price is a little too high, right? So we're showing them what rebuttals work. And in that particular case, we showed a 64% effectiveness rating by switching what your, um, your agents are saying on the phone to that customer. All right, so this is... This, this goes beyond customer support center. This is really uh, what I would call training uh, at a very sophisticated level. So I want to make sure I understand. You're listening in on the call. By the way, you're not listening as if you're eavesdropping. You're really not. You don't even care who is who the customer is. All you're listening for is did they say the words the price is too high. And as soon that triggers uh, some uh, way of, of being able to track what the, the objection is and then the answer. And you're looking at the answers, and then you're saying, okay, we don't really, again, care who the customer is. We don't even care who the agent is. What we care about is what was the response or the, the reaction to that answer. Did it work or did it not work? Am I hearing Correct. that right? Okay, great. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, when you think about it, you're taking this large data set, right? The largest data set on the planet. We know exactly. We record all of our calls in dual channels. So, and, so I, we know exactly what the agent said. We know exactly what the customer said. So our data scientists refine those data sets into actionable insights that are used to drive those successful behaviors to the rep level. Yep. And again, this is training, and whether it's, uh, by the way, it could be support center training, it could be sales training. And by the way, it could be HR training when you hear enough issues going on and if there's a way to record conversations and say here's what the best of the best are doing and you train people to do it this is a phenomenal way of doing it the beauty is today because of the technology it's not just easy to record a call it's easy to record the call and pull the important information out and that's part of an ai function or part of a technology function by the way i know we only have a few minutes left speaking of technology what has been the coolest technology that you have found that has best supported the work that you do for your customers? So, great question. So, I'll tell you, I've vetted out a lot of AI companies, um, and I think there's a, a misperception because there's so many different kinds. There's static, there's dynamic, there's machine learning. So, my recommendation is find someone who uses contextual data. Because um, if you're looking at a natural language processing, large data vocabulary dictionaries, that's what makes the difference. So the example I like to give people is my AI engine is able to, to detect what's happening based on what was said in a sentence. So if I'm from Georgia and I say I get my oil changed, the transcript might say ALL, but the machine learning engine knows that it's oil because it looked at the whole sentence structure. And that's what we're seeing is the biggest thing. We see AI combined with human intelligence is going to be the future of transformation. I know you mentioned training and HR and all that stuff. At eTech, we call it transformation. We're transforming the way customers look at their customers and how to transform their business to deliver that unbelievable customer experience. Love it. So you say, yeah, I want to make sure we get this right. You're transforming the way agents look at their customers. You said customers look at their customers. 
customers look at their customers. So my customers, oh, your your customers. Yeah, I'm sorry, you're uh, transferring yeah, the way customers, your customers are looking at their customers. Correct. Got it. The customer is the loudest voice we have. And think about the old days of contact centers. We listened to in the past one percent of your calls, and we made decisions on this. When you incorporate an artificial intelligence engine with human intelligence, now you're spanning the control. So now my decisions are based on real data, whether that be 30, 40, 50, or 100% of my interactions. It's a huge difference if you're making decisions, even your agents, right? If I'm going to reprimand an agent for one bad call, right, he's not going to take, the, to take it as seriously if I say, dude, I listened to 180 calls, and 62% of the time, these are the behaviors you need to get better at. Wow. And then you're able to yep. target coach those agents. Mm-hmm. All right, we have time for what I call the one thing question. And those that listen to the show know the one thing question is, what's the one thing that you want to leave us with? Something new that we haven't talked about? Or is there something you want to emphasize that we have talked about? Ready, set, go. So the one thing I would tell you, at the end of the day, it comes down to, to a simple philosophy. If you want to lead in the market like we talked about already, deliver that world-class customer experience. And if you believe you're going to buy a technology and they're going to replace your human beings, run and run fast. Because without the human intelligence, that technology is not going to do what you want it to do. Love it. Love it. And that's why we call this Amazing Business Radio, because you have given us, Jim, some amazing information. Thanks so much for being on the show, man. Really appreciate you. I appreciate you, Chef. Thank you so much. And I hope our paths cross sooner than later. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio will be back next week. I don't know who our guest is going to be, but I promise you it will be amazing. So until then, remember, Chef Hyken reminds you again and again and again to always be amazing. Thanks for listening, everyone. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.